Welcome to the Free Your Energy Podcast. My name is Sylvester McNutt III, and I'm your host. Today, we are having a conversation with Daniel Harrison. Without any further ado, let's dive right in. I hope this podcast helps you to free your energy. You know, mm. I, I just feel like there's so many things that we try to control and dictate and put our power on. And is that resonating for you? Oh yeah. That's, uh, that feels good, man. Yeah. That's, that's like my whole life. So if this chat could be about letting go of that, that sounds great. What is it? Like, what is it for you with, with the control thing? Like, where do you, where do you find yourself fighting for it? Yeah. I mean, the thing about uh, being an entrepreneur or like building businesses is, uh, control is something that you strive for really like to, to have control over your business, to have control over your lead flow, to have control over your finances. It's, it's the, the more control you have, uh, typically the better your business does. Um, and it has its limitations too, <laughs> but that's where it shows up and, and, and is a primary focus for me is, is building a business. Uh, and so I'm often stuck in spaces of trying to control things. What are some of the things you find yourself trying to control and why? Like, okay, let's identify the behavior, but then name why. Like, why do we think we're doing it? Hmm. So the things that uh, I would try to control would be um, like it's very analytical, I guess, in my mind. Uh, so it's, it's, it's very numbers oriented, results driven um, and trying to control performance, my own performance, but then ultimately the performance uh, that my key performance indicators are telling me um, so that I can adjust and move and um, build based on the feedback that I'm getting. Um, so, yeah, so why is is to get better data maybe? Like, um, yeah, why I'm trying to control is to is to get better data to then make better decisions and build a business in that way. It's not the only way to build a business, but it is the way that I seem to be more naturally inclined to build a business. Do you find that the control, wanting to control how the business does and, you know, what you're putting into it, what you're investing, do you find that that is a part of your personality do you see that coming into, you know, friendships, relationships, you know, how you are outside of your business? Like, is it most prominent in your business? Yeah, I love that you asked that question. Like, uh, I, I just did a post on this the other day, but it, to me, um, the business, like, I love being an entrepreneur because I feel like my business and I have been in relationship for a long time. We've been we've been dating. It, the relationship has changed. I should say we're married, uh, and we we've been married for a long time. And 
that relationship teaches me so much about myself, just like mm-hmm. other relationships do, right? Like it's kind of like a mirror for me. So, um, so to, and I don't know if I can't really separate myself from my business. So if my business, if I, uh, am being overly controlling in my business, hundred percent, that's, that's going to show up in every other aspect of my life, uh, most likely. Um, or, and so I would say it, it's part of, uh, yeah, there's like a part of my personality that craves that, that likes that, that enjoys it. And I think my awareness of that allows me to choose when I get to um, use it or step in it. Like if I had no awareness about that, uh, then I wouldn't have choice. Um, but yeah, so hundred percent, that's part of my personality. And yeah. yeah, I think also too, control may not always be the most appropriate word, hmm. you know, it, maybe it is control, but also it can be responsibility, you hmm. know, and it could be discipline. Yeah, because the the question that people always ask is like, you know, well, do you have control issues or do you have control problems? And that that often has a layer of like shame laced into it. And it's mm-hmm. like, of course, I'm trying to control what's happening in my business. And it's like, oh, well, you have control problems. Right. OK, well, if that's laced with shame now, I feel like shit for <laughs> wanting to have a good business. Right. But it's like, <laughs> what if we said it differently? Like we have discipline in our business. We're right. responsible and we take, we're accountable for what's happening. We're taking responsibility for it. I feel like just changing those words kind of takes that, that like shameful element out of it. Cause when people talk about control, they often lace it with shame. They yeah. lace it like, Oh, well, why are you in your ego? Why are you power tripping? It's like, uh, I'm not, I want a successful business. I want to make sure I'm doing the right thing. So I think we could both learn, learn just by using that kind of switching that language up a little bit. Yeah, I like that. There's, um, uh, I'll often talk about, uh, you know, we've been, we've been chatting about some pretty interesting books, uh, together and, and, uh, our men's group and, and a lot of it, I find like, it's so applicable to business, um, with, uh, specifically around like masculine, feminine energies, masculine, feminine, um, like, there's different ways of doing things. Right. Um, and this, like, uh, when I think, and it's like the, like integrating where you can actually have, where you can be both. You can be, you can be very disciplined or you can be in flow. Like I, I feel like an integrated entrepreneur, um, is like, is a dangerous, uh, like that, that, that is a, an effective human who can make a tremendous impact in the world, but where we get stuck or, or if you, if there's shame because you're being disciplined, um, it's like, uh, I don't know, the depends on where that's coming from. If it's a choice, like in this moment, I'm going to be disciplined because I know that's going to produce a certain result. But in the next moment I can switch and I can be in flow and I can, I can ditch the control or ditch the discipline to be in a more flow relational, um, uh, maybe generous or, uh, in a more feminine energy, which has different benefits. 
um, that is a tremendously powerful entrepreneur. Uh, yeah. What would you say is the biggest difference? Well, first of all, how many years have you been uh, engaged in entrepreneurship? And what would you say is the biggest difference between you in year one versus you now? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, wow. That guy, that guy. That's a good um, question, isn't it? <laughs> that's a great question. Oh, man. I feel like I have to answer that question myself, too. Oh, yeah. I definitely want to hear from you. Uh, okay. Like, so I've been an entrepreneur, I think, my whole life. But um, but the first business I had, you'll get a kick out of this, uh, was uh, Christmas Light Installation Company called... Mm. Santa's little helpers. <laughs> and uh it started because my my friend's mom like couldn't put her Christmas lights up and me and some guys that were in like when I was 17 or 18 and she paid us like a hundred bucks to put up these Christmas lights for like mm. oh shit, I bet I bet some other people would would pay money if we put their Christmas lights up. And right. we just went around and we started knocking on doors. And and uh, uh, I did that for two years. And then the guys where, where did I you, left. Where did you grow up? Where were you at? I was in Canada. I'm in, uh, in Lower Mainland, Vancouver, um, West Coast. And, uh, but yeah, they, uh, we ended up... Being able to like we were charging seven, eight hundred thousand bucks to do. We started going to the the wealthy homes, uh, and we would as, as soon as we would get one uh, home in there, we would go to the neighbors, be like, "Look at that! This is what we just did for nine hundred bucks. You want this on your own?" And we go to the next one, we like thousand bucks, and um, they actually grew that business. Uh, I was there for two years, but it it ended up between the months of October and. October, November, December, they would do $150,000 in revenue. And, and then in January and February, they'd go back and offer a 50% takedown service and made another 75 and doing Christmas light installations. Um, so that guy, uh, that guy had no idea about running a business, but he liked making money. Um, and, uh, uh, I don't know. He, he was just like having fun with his friends and what, what was the actual question? What's the, what was the difference between that? The difference, the biggest difference between year one entrepreneur, Dan, and this year, you know? Oh man, like entrepreneurship for me is the journey of self growth and self development. Like I, I would, I would know nothing. Like I'm so grateful for the last, that was 17 years, right? Like, so 17 years of, of personal development of a lot of mistakes. Um, so the, the, the biggest difference is like it's experience. Um, and the paradigm that I have now that I get to look out at life, like through my experience, the paradigm that I have is uh, amazing. It's my most valuable asset. It's like, I see a beautiful life. I see a beautiful uh, world that I'm grateful for, that I, um, that I treasure. 
and that that punk kid when he was 17 doing Christmas lights. I mean, that guy's paradigm was so <laughs> small, was so narrow focused and um, probably like ungrateful and and shrouded in shame, trauma, unaddressed shit that looked like making money doing Christmas light installations and then going and drinking and partying and doing drugs and, uh, you know, and all the things. And so, uh, light years, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess I'll answer that as well. Yeah, um, please. So I've been an entrepreneur now full time. I think this is nine years, but I started, I mean, I feel like my first job was entrepreneurship, working with my, my with my dad and my grandfather. We used to do lawn care in Chicago. So they'd have us up. They would have me up, I should say, at like 4.30, 5 a.m. Because, you know, you have to beat the sun. So you got to get out there as the sun is coming up because uh, it's hot. It gets really hot in Chicago in the summer, very humid. So our my whole, my grandfather's whole goal was to get us out there get as many lawns as we can. And then when the sun is overhead at 12, we're back in the house for an hour, getting lunch, rehydrating. Um, and then we go back out for an afternoon shift from like, you know, keep in mind I'm a kid, so I didn't have the times exactly down. I'm just thinking about, I'm trying to recall, but probably from like 1.30 to 3, you know? So we'd be out at 5, 5 in the morning, all morning, and then get that afternoon shift and be done by like 3. And... They were paying me five bucks to <laughs> to be with them all day. They would pay me five bucks a day, and I would get a um, day, a, not a an day. hour, a day, <laughs> not an hour, five bucks a day. Oh, oh man! And it was crazy because we'd be out there, and as soon as we would, my dad, my grandfather had a pickup uh, pickup truck. So as soon as we get off the pickup truck, I have to go. I would have to go do the weeds. So before you cut grass, you know, you have to pull the weeds up. So I would have to, you know, get my gloves on. This is my very first job and I'm pulling up the weeds and then I will have to go through the lawn and take the rocks out of the grass. Because back in that, you know, if a lawnmower goes over the rocks, two things can happen. One, you can damage the blades and two, that rock can then become a propellant and shoot through the air. So literally like my my grandfather came up with this flow we get we we pull up i hop out the pickup truck i go do my thing my dad will hop out the truck he will start gassing up the lawnmowers make sure they're all already he would have like two or three lawnmowers he can get them off my grandfather would go see if the person was home and he you know he often knew if they were going to be home or not but he would go see if they were home he touched base you know my grandfather was the ceo the manager you know, he he ran everything. He literally ran the whole business from a legal pad, from a yellow legal pad. He had everything on there. And then, you know, my dad was like, he was like the main worker. Like he he was, you know, doing the lawn. And then my grandfather's brother was another one of the main workers. So they would do the lawns, bro. And we just had such an incredible system. And um, then my grandfather, so he, my grand, we would do all the, all the work. So, um, my my dad and my uncle they would be cutting the grass. I would be doing the the um you know getting the rocks and getting up the weeds. And then my grandfather would come with the um 
the edger, and then he will edge up. So after you cut the grass, you have to edge the grass to make it look really good. It's like when you get a haircut, you know, and the barber gives you that nice sharp line to like really show the definition. So my grandfather would come through and he would, he would hit the edges. He would do the bushes, trim the bushes real nice. And then I would come through, well, we will all come through with the blowers because you don't want to cut the grass and then leave grass all over someone's sidewalk. So then we will blow the, the, the grass into the street. I mean, it was an incredible operation just looking back. Like it was so, it was such an incredible operation. And I'm so grateful that like this was my entry point into the workforce because my very first job, so this was before I was 14. My very first job, I was 14. I worked at McDonald's. That was my first job. And I just remember like, I didn't have the language for it then, but I just remember like the emotional connection that my family had to that business versus I saw McDonald's as just a way to get some money. You know, I didn't have an emotional connection to it. I was just like, oh, let me let me do this to get a job. And so when I became an entrepreneur, I think I was always craving that like emotional connection that I kind of saw with my mm -hmm. with the example of my grandfather and my dad that they gave me. So I would say when I first started, I was operating out of pure scarcity, mm -hmm. pure scarcity. Like, I don't know if people are going to buy this. I don't know what the price is. I don't know if I believe in this really. I don't know if it's really that good. You know, just pure scarcity. But I was also completely fearless. I was like, nah, this is this has to work. This has to work. It has it just has to. Like I, I just had this, I had this belief, like this has to work. And I would say now, the biggest difference now is I'm not worried about failure anymore at all because I've completely accepted that failure is a part of the journey and that you need to fail. Nice. So, you know, 10 years ago, I was afraid to fail. Now I'm like, okay, if I fail, cool. What, what data do I need from that? You know, yeah. or what do I need to adjust? I don't, I don't look at, now I don't look at failure as the end. Yeah. Uh, that's good, dude. I, what that makes me think of is, um, because you say that what I get present to is the like trust that I have, uh, for in, in my own abilities. So like whatever happens, um, I trust, uh, that I can figure it out that, that, uh, I, I, I trust that things will work out because of the ability to handle failure so many times. Like, yeah, you're, you're, a, uh, for sure. True, true entrepreneur. You're like, I, be I just believe that this is going to work. It's like, you need that. You like, you need to be okay with failure. Um, I was like reading this book about, uh, entrepreneurship and like the archetype of what it means to be an entrepreneur. And it's like, mm. uh, the happy loser. <laughs> like, like, can you, uh, can you, can you uh, fail? And still, like, keep moving forward and be like, okay, yeah, cool. We lost that one, but all good. What's next? What's the lessons? Here we go. Being an entrepreneur is like, it's like being a boxer, but the punches that you're getting, they're not physical. They're definitely, yeah. like, emotional and psychic. <laughs> like, you're basically getting beat up every day. Every day. And <laughs> you go back to your corner, you talk with your coach, and you might be your own coach, 
And then you're just like, all right, I'm about to go back out here and get hit some more. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe this round I could throw more punches, you know? Yeah. That's really what it is, honestly. My, so my what coach, would you say? Oh, yeah. You said there was two, there was two things there. Uh, what would you say are like the top traits or the top mindset traits we need for anyone listening and they're like, hey, I want to move into entrepreneurship? Or maybe you're already mm-hmm. in entrepreneurship and they just want to, you know, do it more. Uh, increase it more. What would you say are some of the top traits we need to have or, or at least work on? Yeah. Um, hmm. Like I think as a, as a skill set, uh, learning how to sell in a, uh, I mean, the name of my company is called Soulful Sales. So uh, learning how to sell is a skill set that every entrepreneur needs to know how to do and do it in a way that feels good, um, that's relational. Um, and I, I'm just, I was thinking of, um, there's a guy by the name of Daniel Pink, and he kind of rewrote the ABCs of sales. And when you say, you know, what are some things that we could work on? I really like how he framed it where... Uh, if you focused on um, attunement, so like being able to attune to other people and 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 uh, knowing that good relationships is good business, right? So mm, so being able that. being able to attune to who you're trying to help and who you're trying to serve, and knowing that you know what is entrepreneurship if it's not just trying to help people solve their problems, right? Um, like entrepreneurship is actually kind of simple in that way. And there's no shortage of problems in the world. Let's be honest. There's like an abundance of problems in the world. So by proxy, there is an abundance of possibility in the world. And there is, there's so much opportunity right now because there is so many problems and we're dealing with a bunch of stuff. Um, but, but when he says the ABC, so there's like attunement. So understanding it's relational. It's like, we got to attune to the people that we're trying to, to work with. I got one other thing in there that's like, um, when I'm working with people and they're trying to figure out what am I going to offer and what am I going to do, um, I'm like, go do some research and figure out what people are crying private tears about before they go to bed at night mm. What and, and see if you can help them stop, see if you can help them solve that problem. And you'll have done a good job of doing your market research when you can cry the same private tears that they're crying because you're so attuned and connected to the pain that they're feeling. Then you're, then you got emotion and now, now you're like, now you got something worth, like you got a business worth building. So, uh, so attunement, that's a, that being able to like, it's an emotional skill set. Uh, then the B is you say buoyancy and that's what you're talking about in in the, it's like the ability to get smoked in the face. Oh, now we got like a, a rock. It's not about how many times you get hit. It's about how many times you get hit and keep on fighting. Uh, something like that, you know, like, uh, it, it's like how buoyancy being able to, I, I think he describes it like a, like a boy in the, in the, like a floaty in the water, right? Just being able to be like, I'm chill. And, and no matter what happens, you're just, you're floating on top of things, just being able to keep moving forward, keep going, uh, which is a skill set. That's like, that's a, that's a mindset. It's a, it's a way of being in the world. And then last is uh, clarity. And it's like a, 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 um, 
constantly trying to find clarity in in your offers, in your beliefs, in your um, in your messaging, in your uh, in your purpose, in like what you're doing, uh, that quest for clarity. So he says, uh, yeah, attunement, buoyancy, and clarity, and these are the ABCs of like entrepreneurship, which I, I find to be such a great base as a, as a place to start. Um, yeah. So one more, one more time. What are those? What are those? Yeah. So attunement, okay. buoyancy, buoyancy, and then clarity, clarity. Okay. And in, in, in a different, uh, uh, with an overarching understanding that all businesses is trying to, solve other people's problems and good relationships is good business. Uh, you're going to fail. So, uh, enjoy the ride and be clear in your communication and in what you're doing. Yeah. So there, I love sales. I love sales. I love marketing because really all it is, is psychology. It's like, it's a, it's the psychology and it's communication, right? There's yeah. principles. Like you could go to college right now and study psychology. You could yeah. study communication. I love those two pillars because when you, when you bring them together, when you, to me, this is my opinion, when yeah. you bring sales and I mean, I'm sorry, when you bring psychology and communication together and you wanted to name it something, you would name yeah. it sales <laughs> to <Yeah>. me. Yeah. <laughs> like that, <laughs> too, that's just yeah. to me. Yeah. So, Okay. I know there's someone listening and they're like, okay, I have something great to offer. I want to create this business. I want to create this product. I want to, I want to do this thing. Yeah. But the block that they're having that a lot of people have is I'm not comfortable with selling. If selling mm -hmm. feels icky to me or, mm -hmm. you know, you know, you know, so how do we begin to work with that? If that's the struggle we're having where we, we have something we want to do, but our belief about sales is kind of getting in the way. Yeah. Oh man. That's so, so great, right? Like your business, your business or your idea or is uh, telling you something. It's like that emotion is there to tell you something. Oh, I feel icky about sales. Well, you probably feel icky because you're f so focused on yourself. You're, you probably feel icky because you're trying to get something, right? Like the way to, um, the way you're focused on the wrong thing. Um, because if sales is a service, sales is really about helping other people. It's just about helping other people. Um, and so, but as you pointed out, it's like there's a, so there's a way of thinking that makes you feel icky, great, explore that, right? Just like if, if you feel angry, great, like explore that. It's trying to tell you something about your belief system. There's something off about the way you're thinking um, or, or the way you're being. And so um, like, man, my my first, so just quick context backstory. Like, I, I love sales too. I got into it. So after the Christmas light installation, Right. I'm thinking I'm, I'm pretty, uh, I'm like, oh, all right, I'm an entrepreneur. Like what's next? And, uh, and I, I, uh, was watching like home and garden TV and I see these guys flipping houses and I'm like, okay, I, I could get into that. Let's flip some houses. And then, so I start looking at real estate and I see, um, in the town I lived this condo development going up with a big sticker price of like 88 condo units for $400,000. I'm like, 400,000 times 88. I'm like, that's a, that's a lot of money. 
why would I flip one house when I could make, maybe I could be a uh, land developer and I'll develop a whole condo unit. And, um, and so that's where my head went. I came up with this crazy idea. Uh, I got a developer to um, kind of partner with me. And I went into the bank with this idea and they gave me a 21-year-old kid, a half million dollar line of credit. Uh, I was making eight bucks an hour as a server at Olive Garden. And this was in 2007. So obviously like the reason for the financial collapse was because of lending practices such as this. And, um, you know, 2008 happened and I'm like, the project didn't work. I'm left holding like a big bag of debt and I'm in the bank every week being like, I just don't want to go bankrupt. Uh, and I was in there so much they gave me a job and it was a commission only insurance sales job. Um, and that was, this is where I learned, um, or, and, and then I spent the next 13 years in finance. I became a CFP. I built a book of business, but it was off of the back of a really bad failure. And, um, and my first, I remember the first time I had to go into somebody's house. Like, I, I mean, I'm, I'm knocking on a door, I'm going into a stranger's home. And, uh, I was so bad at like at sales. I'm so focused on myself. I'm sweating. Uh, I'm like, my mentor is there watching. Um, and I get to the kitchen table to talk about insurance and I, I made it for maybe like three minutes. I'm blubbering. I'm like, I, we had this script that we had to memorize. I, like, I lost the, where I was. I'm three minutes in and the guy's like, I'm sorry, I'm just going to have to stop you. I don't know what you're selling or what you're trying to say, but I got to have to ask you to leave. Uh, and I'm, I'm like, oh, oh, so bad. We leave and my, my mentor is just like, that was the worst, the absolute worst presentation I have ever seen. Like probably to this day, it's still in the history. Like remember that Dan guy? Um, and uh, But the reason I was sweating bullets and I was like so awkward and really horrible at sales is because I was so focused on me. I was focused on... Uh, I got to, I got to make the sale. I got to look good in front of my mentor. Uh, it's my first one. I'm nervous. And, um, yeah. And so if you're feeling that, if you're feeling awkward, at sales, or I'm not good at sales. It's a paradigm shift. It, it, I'm really grateful. I got to spend four years working with a guy whose entire business culture was around, um, uh, generosity and philanthropy. And so I was lucky enough to be immersed inside a culture of generosity and giving and philanthropy. And that fundamentally changed the whole way I was looking at what I was doing. And as soon as that changed, um, sales is, is easy. Uh, you, you, you kind of get out of your own way. Um, so yeah, is that, that was a long winded story about, uh, but that, that, that's what I would say to that person. And to add to that too, you got to learn why you're selling what you're selling. Mm-hmm. Like really, really the why It's really, it's easy to get caught up on what it is, you know, the features and everything, yeah. but you got to really get a deep emotional connection with what, with what you're selling. Because then when you get in front of the person, you're not trying to sell these features. 
And what mm. ends up happening is you start talking about an experience that they're going to have. Mm-hmm. And that like, that's just piggybacking off of you saying, stop making it about you. Mm-hmm. Because anything that you're selling, if you create a business, if you get, if you have a job, if you're applying for a job, you're in sales. And essentially what you're saying is there's something that I'm offering you or this business or this customer. So let me get out of my body. Let me get out of my psyche. Let me get out of my head and let me get into yours. So if I'm going to come into your body, your head, I need to think, what are my pain points? What, what do I want to be easier? What do I want to be more convenient? How can my life be better? How could this make me more money? How could this make me not spend as much money? How could this decrease stress? How could this bring me more happiness? Like this is how we all think because we're all consumers. This is how we all consume somewhere along those lines. So when you have your product, you have to think about it like from a deeply like emotional space. Like what is this thing about to do for this person's life? Mm -hmm. And I encourage anyone who's like trying to get into sales or entrepreneurship to really go look at your favorite movie. And if you go look at your favorite, favorite movie, there's something being sold in that movie. It's some type of idea. Like we have to, if, let's say it's the Avengers. We need to all come together because we have to defeat Thanos. And if we don't come together, we cannot defeat Thanos. It's the same idea in sales. Like we have to Avengers assemble. Like we have to bring our powers together. So in sales, I think of it the same thing. It's like, what's the story here? Oh, you're a customer. You just walked into my shop and you want to get one of my products. Okay. And I'm a salesperson at this place. So now my whole thing is, okay, you already came in here to buy. So I just have to talk you out of not buying. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Really? So really, I just need, and the exact word I'm going to use is called discovery. I need some time to discover what your needs are. When I first started in sales, because I was doing person-to-person sales, I I could always have that discovery period where I could ask, okay, so what's going on with you? What are your pain points? What are you looking for? What do you crave? What do you desire? I was doing technology sales. So I really think you should have a, a discovery session with yourself and you should actually try to be your potential customers. So you, so then, you know, when you go talk to your customers, like, you know, are you already know what they're going to ask for? Cause you've already discovered their needs, you know, mm-hmm. oh, sales are so fun. It is. I love, I love sales. I love it. Tell us the about other, your business. Well, cause you uh, just started a, a new one, right? Yeah. I mean, it's been evolving and, and, uh, transforming um i was just gonna say one other thing about sales it's like you know you you already are selling all the time um even if you think you're bad at sales you're still selling all the time you're uh you're selling yourself in that moment that you're not good at sales um you're selling uh, if you're, you're my two-year-old daughter is 
the best salesperson I know. She gets everything she wants. Uh, and if she does it, she, you know, she, she is, she is great and she's only getting better. It's, it's a little scary actually. Um, but yeah, sales is, um, I was just gonna, uh, have too many thoughts there as you were, <clears throat> as you were sharing, um, around that discovery process. And anyways, uh, I shift gears into like my business or what I'm doing now. Um, oh yeah, that's what it was. You're, you're saying like, I work with a lot of coaches and consultants and, uh, and nine times out of 10 coaches specifically are really just trying to help a previous version of themselves. Like they've discovered something, they've discovered a, a, a method or, or they've gotten healthy or they've gone through something. And I love working with coaches um, because, so my background was in finance. 2016, I left the kind of corporate uh, finance because I had learned the system from the inside out and I could see that the whole system is set up not to serve any of us really. Um, it's, it's set up in such a way where, you know, 42% of your income is going to taxes, 30% of your income is 30 to 40% of your income is going to banks to debt payments. And, uh, you know, that's 80% of your income, but we're free even though, you know, we get to live on 20%. It's, it's like, and then the whole, uh, anyways, I, I won't go down that road, but I just, I saw it. I saw it from the inside out and I'm like, oh, uh, the, the, the products that are being sold are more beneficial to the shareholders of banks and big institutions than they are to the people that are buying them. Um, and so I shifted and I went online and I said I was going to be a fee-only advisor, uh, which is... Um, yeah, not selling any products, just providing financial advice. And I, but then I'm online, and I'm uh, I'm like, how the heck do you build an online business? And so now I'm building my own website and and learning about funnels and Facebook ads and trying to build this fee only financial planning uh, company. And I eventually figured it out. And in that way, what I do now is trying to help a previous version of myself, which was when I was just launching my first online business as a um, financial planner, as a fee-only financial planner. And now I do that and I help um, people with sales and marketing, coaches and consultants uh, grow their business online with sales and marketing. And um, we've got a developed my own little method. It's called the avocado method. Um, and it's like the, the seven elements that you need when you're building an online business, you need authority, you need a validated offer, you need opening offers to build your list. You need a community, uh, you need to know automations, uh, DM sales. So gone are the days of selling on the phone. Like you can just sell in the chat now. So learning how to sell in the DMS and, um, and then outsourcing all the stuff that's not in your zone of genius avocado method. Uh, there's more to that, but, but, but anyway, and so, uh, last thing about this is as a financial planner, the whole point was if you put away 10% of your income in 53 years from now, you might be able to retire as long as you don't account for inflation. Um, and, and nothing, you know, derails that plan. And, um, 
and so and we're building these assets right and truthfully what happened is uh when i went online i built a course and i built a course in conscious wealth i took everything i knew about financial planning uh and personal finances and i put it into a course and um that became that the curriculum that i was using for one-on-one clients it then became a, a course on its own and i was able to build a six-figure business from nothing more than the information in my head and then it done i'm like this is the actual asset this is the untapped commodity uh for all of us right now who have any type of experience expertise wisdom um it's like it's the unmined territory it's the unmined commodity that that's that's on that we have. And so I love what I do. What I actually do is helping people commoditize and monetize their wisdom and, and turning that into a useful solution um, that can transform lives that can transform other people's lives. Like they were able to transform their own. Um, And I love it. I have the best clients. I love hearing their stories. And uh, yeah, so that's, that's, that's what I do. For anybody listening to this, make sure you go back to that last uh, four minutes or so, because there were some very interesting threads in there that was mentioned. You gave us a lot there. You said you recognized uh, what was actually happening and like the way the financial scan- landscape is really set up. Was that it's a really set up slip? For- Sounded like yeah, you said you were going to say scandal there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's really set up for us to fail. Let's be honest. Yep. Uh, it's set up for us to be stressed out. It's set up, it's set up for us to be obese. It's set up for us to be uh, in a constant place of not enough, in a constant place of shame, mm-hmm. in a constant place of I need more, which keeps us loyal to our jobs, which don't give us enough money. Uh, so... You, you said you you didn't want to go there, but I had to add some some meat to those potatoes because you were. Sure, we sure. can go there. Then yeah. there was another thread you mentioned where you you gave us the avocado me- method, which, knowing you, I've heard you mention the avocado method maybe a hundred times, but I've never heard you actually say what it is until right now. Yeah, and that what you named is exactly like if I could go back and I could say what do I need to learn about business? That avocado method that you named is it. Like that's <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Like that is it. That is what you need when, when you're at that entry point, when you're saying, Hey, I want to become an entrepreneur. Exactly what you just described. Yeah. Obviously there's more meat to it, but you gave us the skeleton. Um, and then there was another thing you said where you said, I wanted to help. Basically a coach helps the previous version of self. Mm-hmm. So for any person thinking like, oh man, I have, what do they call it? Imposter syndrome. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not this. I'm not that. I'm not that person. I'm not where that person is at. Those people aren't what you need to focus on. Those aren't the people you need to compare yourself to. Mm-hmm. It's so important that we recognize the gifts and the power in our own story because there's so much that you have overcome and that you have surpassed. And what you know right now is enough to serve your community, to serve people, to create a business, to create community, to create deeper connection, to even create purpose, Mm -hmm. to create purpose within yourself, to create that personal fulfillment. So I just want to invite anybody listening to not think that they need more or to not think that they they don't have enough. 
Like mm-hmm. there is enough inside of you right now. And it's it's so it's hard because when you learn something or you discover something and it becomes your normal, uh, I mean, this is I guess I can only speak from my own experience, but it's like I then think everybody it's like, oh, everybody knows that. And like, ah, oh, that's not that's not that valuable. That's not that important. Everybody probably knows that. And it's not true. Um, your level of consciousness has just evolved. You've 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 reached a new viewpoint. Your paradigm has shifted. But there's lots of people who are still stuck in the paradigm that you were just in. Go help them out. Like, yeah. But it's tough to remember that and to be aware of where you are and how you think because of the transformation you went through and realizing not everybody is there. Yeah. In the avocado method, you mentioned the D, which was what, what what's the D? Yeah, it's a it's the DM game, man. It's it's how to slide into DMs without being weird. <laughs> yes, talk talk to us about that. How does that how does that work? Because you are able to make sales from direct message on social media. Yeah. So how like how does that how does that work? What's some of the language you're using? What's kind of the the intention? Give us that play. Yeah, I should, it's like, here's how it works. Um, anybody listening to this right now, intuitive entrepreneur, uh, shoot me a DM and say, uh, type Sly. Uh, so I know that you heard it listening to Sly. And, um, and especially if you're an entrepreneur and especially if you um, like sales as much as we do. Uh, and, uh, and then we'll, we'll chat. I, I'll show you exactly how it's done. I don't know if I have anything to sell you. I don't, I don't know. But what I do know is like, I don't call my friends. I text my friends. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't really hop on the phone and do a bunch of sales calls. Any, like, like I, I text. So this is how people communicate now. Emojis, GIFs, like uh, it's way more interesting too. Also, you know what happens with, 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 um, and so it's just conversation, but it's having conversation how I would want to have it. I don't really like when people call it almost creates like an anxiety for me. I'm like, Oh God, should I pick this up? I don't know why that's there, but it is. Um, so, uh, what I like about having conversations in, by text or by chat is it actually slows the conversation way down. You got to really think about what you're saying and, 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 um, and, and you get people, you have people's attention and um, yeah. And, and it, it's a bit of an art, right? Like there, there is an art to it, but it's not rocket science and everybody's already doing it anyway. So uh, and actually, uh, you know, I got a different framework, which is soulful selling, which guides people through like, how do you do this in a soulful way? And um, if, I mean, if you want to hear, I can tell you, tell you those. Yes. But before we go there, let's go back for one second, because yeah. it's very interesting. You bring up texting, uh, direct messaging, use it, you know, mm-hmm. because the old mindset is that those things can be seen as distractions, as a way to waste time, especially in the concept, in, in, in the context of let's make money or we're making right. a business. Right. Right. So those things are almost seen as distractions and time wasters. But your invitation is no, we need to get in text and we need to get in DMs. We need to be in the direct messages. 
Yeah. Where where did that shift come from? Because that's a that's a mindset shift. Like, wh- where did you recognize that? Um, my coaches, my mentors, for one. Uh, also, just like I'm a I'm a I'm a voracious reader, student of all things business, entrepreneur, and and sales, and and then you start to like see trends and patterns. Um, and so, um, yeah, I, I could just see, uh, actually, you know what? It was the first time I, I just remember I was just chatting with somebody who engaged with somebody on, on, or on one of my posts and then they asked a question and I started chatting with them and, and then they, they asked me like, Hey, what, what do you do? Or like, can you help me with this? And I was like, Oh, uh, well, give me one, give me, give me a little bit of time. And I, I wrote up uh, a Google doc that just said, here's what I do. And then I said, here, check this out. Uh, this is what I do. And my, I put my price on it and I, and they're like, this is awesome. Can I do it? I'm like, uh, sure. Here's the link to pay. And the, and I send the link, they paid. I'm like, <laughs> What has <laughs> happened right. here? What, right. like, uh, just, and because it's, it's what happens is the all sales, what's needed is connection, right? Like, like mm. there needs to be connection, and connection leads to trust, and then trust leads to cash flow. And, and you can build great connection on social media and in chat and on DMs, like without hopping on a call, but just like, you know, having a sense of humor, dropping a gift, like doing things that, that make connection. Um, yeah. And, so and how, then, do, how, yeah. Do, how does a person, because it's a double-edged sword, that the, the, the card that you're pulling is a double-edged sword. So the reason I'm asking questions is because I want to make sure that I understand for myself and for people listening, because you could get into conversations where it's just small talk and we're just going back yeah. and forth bullshit and just, mm-hmm. Oh, did you see the Lakers? Did you see the, how's the weather? You know? Yeah. So it's like, how do you make that play to where you can build the connection, but also where you're not quote unquote wasting your time. Like, and I understand that that's such a fragile place. So how, how do you yeah. do it? Yeah. And let me be very clear. There is a right way and a wrong way to do this. And you have likely seen the wrong way. There's a ton of people doing it the wrong way every day. I don't know how many messages I get in my DMs that are like, hey, check out my crypto, you know, thing here. Can you want 10,000 likes or like people Jesus, selling their shit all the, every day. all the time? Like, that is the wrong way to do it. Okay. That is, that is the absolute wrong way to do it. Um, in fact, just as a frame of mind, you should be thinking about people's DM spaces as like a sacred space, right? You don't get to just go in there. You have to be invited in. You have to be, um, you have to have consent. Uh, and so as important as like, um, you know, not wasting your own time. I think it's like not wasting other people's time and, uh, and not being, um, uh, you know, not, not being one of those people who is in there just trying to get stuff and trying to put their offer in front of as many people as possible. So it comes back to relationships. Uh, what is a relation and like, what does a relationship look like? It looks like, it takes time, right? Like mm. 
it it actually takes time. So instead of like the mindset shift isn't like I'm gonna make some money today. It it's it's gotta be like I'm gonna like build some connections today. I'm gonna plant some seeds today. And those seeds might grow over time. And I'm going to uh you know, I, I talked to, I did a post, I don't even know how long ago, but um it's kind of a you might have heard um, like Gary V. I think he had like the like the dollar eighty strategy or something. And it's like you go on posts and you leave your two cents on on ninety posts, and it's a dollar eighty a day, and uh, and you you know make all these connections. And I was like, you know what a two cent comment looks like? It looks like an emoji, like a heart and a rocket ship. It's like. <laughs> Like, nobody gives a shit about your heart rocket ship emoji. Um, and so it's like, that's, I, that doesn't work. What works is like genuine sincerity, um, uh, like genuine acknowledgements. Everybody, I find everybody's talking on social media and there's not that many people listening. And so if you can go in and you can be the one listening, it's like, Oh my gosh. Uh who who is this leaving genuine, you know, acknowledgments on my on my posts and on the things that I'm up to and is and um and so yeah, there's there's a there's a whole thing about it, but but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if it's DM, doesn't matter if it's if you're selling in chat, if you're selling on a phone, if you're selling in a webinar, if you're selling in person, out person, at the end of the day it's all the same. It's like coming from a heart-centered space with service out of your own head and trying to solve real problems. Um, that's it. And you can do that on any platform that you want. And I'm just saying to me in the DMS and chat, it's fun. It's like, it is fu- like, I actually, I enjoy it where getting on a phone creates like this anxious thing. Like, Oh God, I gotta do a phone call. But in the DMS, it's like, it's fun. You're just chatting. So do you, do you have your cell phone nearby? Oh yeah. Grab that thing for me. I w- I'm curious here. All right. I want you to unlock it, go to your contacts and um, <clears throat> scroll all the way down to the bottom. I want to know how many contacts you have in your phone. Oh, does it tell me? Yeah. If I you scroll know. all the way to the bottom, it will. 1200. Twelve hundred. <laughs> Could probably get rid of a lot of these. <laughs> this is such an interesting practice to me. Right now, I have one hundred and seventy-seven, hmm. nice. and I think in twenty eighteen, I had like eight hundred and thirty, something like that. That's the highest I've ever been. Yeah. From a business perspective, I've often wondered if there's some type of correlation with your business, and then the contacts you have in your phone. Hmm. Not necessarily the number always, right? Because there's two things here. There's the quality of the contacts, yeah. and then there's the quantity of the contacts. Contacts. Yeah. I haven't seen a study. I don't have a final answer. It's just something I'm very curious to know. If there's a correlation with the more contacts you have, the better off you are in business. I don't know. What, what, what's, your, what's your thought here? No, it's, it's kind of like, uh, I, I, well, that was maybe a quick answer. Um, 
I think quality 100% matters more than quantity uh, in, in your contacts. Um, for example, you know, I would much rather have, in fact, I did, you know, I, I I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not nearly as, uh, Insta famous as you, my friend, um, or, or have, uh, as near a following. I, I had a, an account, it had 6,000 followers and, um, I felt so disconnected. Like I I hated Instagram. I'm like, like, what is this thing? I don't even know who any of these people are. Like who are these 6,000 people? And, um, and then I actually just like started a new account and I, I have the only people I'm connected with on there are people that I actually have had conversations with or engaged with. And I would way rather have 600 people who I'm like, active, engaging with, we're like, we're connected than 6,000 people that I don't know or care or like have any connection to, um, as an example of, of quality over quantity. And here's the other cool thing I see, you know, I know a lot of people with massive followings and they're like broke as shit. And then there's people who have like naughty, they don't even have Instagram or, or, or any following. And they're they're on the other end of the spectrum, um, and right. and so, uh, you know, I think that there, and you, probably the difference comes down to, um, like the quality of of the of the contacts and the connections. Probably some other things in there too, but but yeah. Um, so I don't think it's the more the more connections you have doesn't necessarily mean you have more wealth. But um, let's be honest. Uh, I was having this conversation with my wife the other day. I'm like, there's uh, anything that I've created. Uh, I think we get into the trap thinking like, oh, look at look at this business I've built, or look at how great I am. Um, and it's like I'm not under the illusion that the only uh, reason I have been able to create what I've created or have what I, is like a tremendous privilege because of the people that I've been able to connect with and, and just where I am in the world. And, and, um, yeah, like my parents, like to, I'm, you know, I'm nothing. If my parents didn't, you know, have me, uh, it goes all the way back to there. So I've, I have built nothing on my own. Everything that I know, everything that I share is, uh, is a result of like other people's, I'm just standing on the shoulders of giants really. And, um, uh, yeah. And, and there's just same thing with uh, one other piece that's right there ties into the avocado method. I think it's super important for anybody who's like thinking about starting a business because I did this the wrong way. I see a lot of entrepreneurs doing this the wrong way. They have a great idea and then they think that this is the thing and they, and then they try to sell this thing without ever asking anybody or getting feedback if this thing is good or, or if, or if, people would actually buy this thing. There's a much easier, better way to build a business, which is just go ask a hundred people, Hey, what do you need? What do you want? Oh, you you sucks putting up the Christmas lights. Hey, cool. Uh, I could, I sucks for all of you. Oh, Hey, there's a business, right? Um, so, uh, 
validating and and actually just giving people what they want instead of trying to give people what you think they want is is so important when you're just starting. Um, anyway, public service announcement over. <laughs> Switching it up to what is your biggest lesson that you've learned as a father? Ooh, okay. Shipping, switching gears here. Oh, man. Biggest lesson as a father. Mm. To play. It's like, I've been invited back in to play <laughs> and to... Um, Hmm. But more than that, it's like what allows me to play or, um, uh, you know, just being able to get to see the world through my daughter's eyes is such a gift, right? Um, all the things that I would take for granted that are mind blowing for her, like the grass is, is, is uh amazing so it's like to to things like to be grateful for what we have um uh, things like um okay something just popped into my head there's a specific moment and a specific lesson uh and it was when my daughter was maybe i don't know nine months maybe and we were sitting in the bathroom and she looked at, at, in the mirror and she saw herself, I don't know how old she was, but she like saw herself, recognized herself as, hey, that's me in the mirror. And it was this, like I cried because in that moment, um, how do I put this? It was, it was, it was like the beginning of, of not seeing the true self, you know, in a way like, um, where, uh, where a filter had been placed, like that's not actually really you. Uh, and, and I got present to the filter that I had, like how long I've been, um, seeing myself through a filter, like, uh, as, a, as instead of like my true, like the, the, the true self is that version of my daughter who has not yet identified as a, as a, Oh, that's me over there. It's just like, I'm just, I'm just living life. I'm an energetic blob, super grateful for every, like not even grateful. I'm just like, I'm just experiencing life uh, without an identity really. It's kind of like a, a, the beginning of an identity is formed. And I got present to um, that, uh, my own and my own formation of my own identity. And, uh, and I cried for that. Um, uh, yeah. So things like that. What do you find is, is or has been, so it could be present, it could be past, 
Um, what do you find is one of the biggest struggles, pain points uh, with being a dad, being a father? Hmm. This might just come all the way full circle back to the beginning about control. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> it's, I, I think the, the biggest challenge is I find it's the, it's balancing. It, it's, a, it's, it's finding that uh, balance to be, I'm not sure if it's like, especially because of, of, of being an entrepreneur, um, which adds extra maybe volatility to, um, you know, there's some, there's uncertainties with being an entrepreneur. Um, but I think when I, when I look at, you know, my life or what I want my life to be about, it's, it's like health. I want a great relationship with my daughter. I want a great relationship with my wife. I want a successful business that makes an impact in the lives of my clients. Uh, I also want to dive deeper into my own exploration, um, and, and have self growth and, and, um, friendships with, with other men. Um, and that's a big full life. Like th th it's a big, it's a big full life. And, uh, and so things have got to go like, and, and so things like, you know, for me, most recently, it would be like smoking weed, like smoking weed was a thing. Um, and that didn't, that, that was there that no longer fit. Um, because I want these other elements. Uh, so there's, there's just like, there's a battle for priorities. There's a battle for time. There's a battle for, um, there's a, uh, I'm challenged. My biggest challenge is like becoming the version of myself that has the capacity to be a phenomenal father, to be a phenomenal business owner, and to have a deeply connected relationship with my wife while also having friends and uh, balancing that. Um, yeah. You ready for the lightning round? Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Let's hit this. Let's hit this lightning round. Biggest fear. Uh, uh, dying on like deathbed regrets. Favorite musician. Uh, oh man. Favorite musician. Hmm. I come, I, I, skip, I'll come back. <laughs> he said, skip, I'll come back. <laughs> okay. You get a meal, any meal you want, any chef in the world can make it. It could be made any way you want it. Like your favorite meal. How's What is it going to be? Um, chicken and ribs, man, and, and mashed potato and a bunch of uh, vegetables. Yeah. That's uh, just like full rack, super soft. Blackened chicken, Creole. <laughs> Summer or winter? Summer. Okay. And we'll come back. Musician, favorite musician? 
It's so hard to pick one musician. So right. I'll give you three. Three three musicians that you've been jamming with lately. Uh, you know what, man? Like my um Whenever I think of favorite, like favorite musicians, it's like I grew up in like hip hop back in like, it, so it's it's all the um, Tupac, Biggie, Nas, um, like th- that's when I think of my favorite. It's like that's what I always go back to. Um, and then what I listen to now is like. Uh, I don't even know, like playlists on Spotify that I, I'm like, I should probably, uh, what's this? Awake by Tycho. I don't even know who that is, but I listen to that song a lot. Mm, Tycho jams. Yeah, that's yeah. some good music, some good ambiance right there. No, yeah. no words. You can just vibe out. Okay, here's your last question. This is the Free Your Energy podcast. So what does that mean from you? What does it mean for us to free our energy? If you can leave us with a thought, a question, um, a story, an idea that will help us free our energy, Hmm. what comes up for you? Oh, that's great. I love the name of your podcast. That's awesome. (laughs) Free your energy. Um, I mean, what comes up right there is uh, uh, when I'm, it makes me think of, uh, it's like an invitation into presence, I guess. When when, when my energy is uh, most free, it's like it's just in the moment. It's it's when I'm present with my daughter. It's when I'm able to just play. It's when I um, am present. So that invitation, free your energy, uh, is like an invitation into the moment. So which I've shared many uh with you on this call my friend i've really enjoyed uh really enjoyed this conversation thank you for for inviting me yeah i appreciate you coming you know i wanted to invite you in for a couple of reasons obviously i know you have a wealth of knowledge when it comes to business you know but it's just been a pleasure connecting with you like you mentioned earlier when the men's group and it's been a pleasure to connect with you in the men's group because i've never i've never been in a men's group before and as of last year, I've been in, I'm in two men's group now. And it's such a, I just feel like it's such a valuable resource mm-hmm. to be able to like one, create space for other people to share thoughts, ideas, struggles, pain points, but then two, to also realize, especially as a man, because a lot of men don't, don't realize we need this to realize like there's a space for your emotions and there's other men who are going through, you know, same thing you're going through and when it comes to like emotional support, you know, women do a great job of emotionally supporting each other, Mm -hmm. Uh, at least in the West and, and, you know, over here in Canada and America is what it seems like women do a good job of supporting each other. You know, if you go out to brunch, you'll always see a group of 15 women or 20 women and they're all (laughs) hanging out and, you know, talking and, you know, doing whatever they do. But like, how often do you see a group of guys that big, you know? Why don't we brunch, man? Why don't don't, we brunch? I don't know. Why don't we brunch? Are we not hungry? (laughs) You know, and and it's like the way that men, the way that we usually get together is like, honestly, it's like two things. It's like boobs and beer. It's like, let's get together and either talk about women or let's get together and drink. And so it's like, like I'm not opposed to talking about boobs and beer, but come on, <laughs> like there's gotta be more, like there's so much more to life, you know? Yeah. And so I found, 
I found like a deep rich richness in in the men's group and just being able to talk about finances we you know masculinity death, death. I mean, we talk about so much stuff in there initiation you know coming together in different groups so I crave it man I love it I love that space I love that space and I would love to invite anybody listening to get in a men's group women's group whatever it is just to where mm-hmm. where you a place where you could show up emotionally truly like yourself you know and also create that space of safety for others mm-hmm. yeah man it's been it has been like look forward to it every week uh we have such an awesome group of dudes and i've just personally like struggled as a dude um with friendships you know like building like friendships um it was a little easier when i played sports and you're all on a sports team and you're all working towards something but you know those days are long long behind me and uh but i i, I get kind of that sense uh uh, with with our with our group, you know, and being in a men's group, you're like you're kind of part of a team. You're, you're, you're it, it feels like that, but the conversation is much different um, uh, than the than the locker room days of the past. Oh, way different conversations. <laughs> yeah, I would like to invite you to maybe look into uh, like I do F45. Yeah, and bro, it's incredible. You know, I haven't made. I guess friends from there, quote unquote. Yeah. But to be in that like community aspect and just kind of working towards that common goal of just working out together, I really, really enjoy it. I really, really enjoy that. And so I would encourage you to look up some type of, you know, group fitness. Personally, I do F forty five. Just is just to like, get that. What is that? Is that like the the new CrossFit? What is this? No, absolutely not. I would definitely not be doing the new CrossFit. No shame on anybody who does CrossFit, but I just don't think, I just, I just don't believe in that training, um, that training philosophy. What F45, it's functional fitness. So you have a lot of movements where, you're, you know, you're moving your prime movers, but you're also doing things like lunges and squats. You're doing some plyometrics. Um, it's not bodybuilding, which I don't think the general population needs to do bodybuilding. I personally believe we should be training more like athletes. You know, that's my opinion. And so I like that about F45 is that the workouts are set in a very uh, athletic way, you know, so you can do high knees, you, you have ladders, you can get on the bike, you can do jumping jacks, push-ups, you can do some side shuffles, you know, just movement, curl to press type movements. Like really good dynamic movement. Um, I like that there's a trainer. There's usually two trainers there. And, you know, they're they're trying to hit you with the Rocky speeches, the come on, let's go, let's do this. We need that. We need that. Like we need to be pushed. We need to be encouraged. And what another thing I like is there's no thinking. I don't have Mm. to think about what my workout is. I don't have Mm. to plan the workout. I don't have to set it up. I don't have to worry if I'm hitting all the body parts. I just show up. Someone's already handled that for me. And they just say, hey, this is what you're doing today. (laughs) You know, so it's been great, man. It's been great because I was feeling lonely as well. Um, Just as an entrepreneur, especially when you work by yourself Mm -hmm. often, or if your team is remote, like my team is all remote. So I don't see them. We're not going to an office together. So there's this loneliness you feel where it's like, 
you're in your office a lot of the times by yourself. And then when you do come to the family, it's like your engagement is often you're needed for something. Like you need to go change this diaper or you need to read this book or you need to get some groceries. There's always like a need. It's not necessarily always, uh, hey, we you're here because you're you. <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, we need you to do your role, do your job. Tell me. So I just felt like this compression on my life and that F45 was a big outlet for me. Big, big outlet for me just to be in community, like you say, working towards a common goal. Cool. Looks like we got one in my in my town, so I'll give that a look. Give it a look. I think I think they do two weeks free, and um, they may even have. You may even be able to partner with them. So the F forty five in Scottsdale, they actually sponsor this podcast. And so my membership is free as, as long as I continue to promote and, and tell people about what I'm doing. But because I genuinely like it, I'm willing to do that. Yeah. You know, Alan is the manager over there. His name is Alan. And he was like, hey, he's like, you know, I'd love to just partner with you in whatever way is genuine to you. I said, man, let's, let's do it. Because most people don't say that. They're like, you need to promote my business. Put me on your website. Put me in your email. You know, You know, it's like... So. It's that same mentality, man. It's, it's like uh, just trying to push it, trying to force it, trying to get. Yeah. Tell us how to how to get in touch with you and, and, and find you and come into your world. Shoot me a DM, Intuitive Entrepreneur, uh, on Instagram or uh, SoFulSalesCo.com uh, is the new website going up. And uh, yeah, either of those two spots, it's where I hang out. Thank you for your time today. Thank you, my friend. <laughs>